This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trab. This is Pixie. This is Dirty Red. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of looking around for a proper horse, but all you have is this mutated ostrich. <laughs> Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. This week we are talking about Fringeworthy in the Final Fantasy uh, intellectual property. And uh, we return to Josie once again, and of course, Trav, uh, her stalwart sidekick, and see what she can tell us about how it would be like if you were a Fringeworthy explorer and you found yourself in a world that was. Final Fantasy. Okay, I got a question for Josie as far as, let's say you make it to the main spirit continent and you get to one of the big cities. What type of, okay, let's say you get involved with the local constabulary. I take it they're going to probably have just swords and knives on them and for like a distance weapon, they might have a crossbow. Um, yes. Yes. If you were to get involved with the, well, local constabulary, as you put it. Yeah, they would have basically your typical medieval weapons for the most part. Typical. Mm -hmm. And probably have motorcycles and cars driving around at the same time. No. Oh, you're right. That's later That's later versions of Final Fantasy. Okay. I get that the Wikia lists every Final Fantasy game, but the, um... Yeah, because unfortunately, because it, it happens before and after ten. Because before ten, you have advent, you have the uh, the the first Final Fantasy, no, the second Final Fantasy movie. Uh, that was the one that actually got that definitely hit the uh, the problem of Uncanny Valley, uh, spirits within. Was are that you, the CGI one with like Alec Baldwin? Are you telling me that that piece of Bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> yeah. It actually has something to do with the Final Fantasy series? Yes, it does. It's actually, I believe it, it's it, it, <laughs> it's set during, uh, actually it's set a- a- after Final Fantasy X. It's set after ten. I have to look at this now. Now I have to look at this. If it's set after and it falls under the same category as Advent Children. Therefore, I have to go research into that. Yeah, and it's the one, and basically it's this one where they use technology. But since after 10, Sin is gone, they, they can move on now. Well, no, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Watch it and enjoy it. Uh, yeah. No spoilers now that I'm actually interested in seeing it. Yeah, it's a uh, but yeah, and the Advent Children's and is an, is a it's based on seven. Uh, so, uh, but F- Spirits Within technically sort of falls either I can't remember if it falls before or after. I'm looking at the wiki page where they say it falls. Um, well, again, it's another one of these ones where it takes place on Earth. Hey, look, before we're dealing with. Yeah, so, yeah, it's. it's, Anyway, kind of off subject again. 
Yeah, so it it, it, it like I said, it, it's fabulous, yeah, right? Yeah, it's you kind of went on a tangent. I'm I'm trying to keep it in yes current spirit in ten, yeah, yeah in ten, please. Well, that's why well that's why I'm asking these questions about like if I debt makes if an I debt makes it to Spira and they come upon a city. Yeah, they're going to be seeing. Okay, we got horses, or well, we got chocobos. We have these, uh, the elephants, and they, I'm blanking on the name. Shoe puffs. Um, Shoe puffs. Yeah. Okay, but all of a sudden they see the huge blitzball thing, and it has this very techy look to it. An anthropologist on the team is going to look and say, "Okay, it's like these people either have high tech or high techno magic, but they're a regressed society, and it's an artifact to them." They probably can't replicate it. If it breaks down, they're screwed. Right. Because remember, IDET, when they make first contact, usually they're going to have somebody who has a fair amount of archaeology or anthropology knowledge. And especially in the late campaign, they're going to make that a must on a team. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll definitely have someone, and they'll pick up on that immediately, that this is regressed from a previously high-tech society. And, of course, once they've gotten there, they'll have already got, well, of course, history's written by the winners, as we all know. The Al yes. better consider kind of the bad guys here. So they're going to get a bit of a skewed they're going to story from the Al bet about the war. They're going to get a skewed story from both sides. Well, I mean, but as I'm saying, Pixie, they're, they're going to meet the Al bed first because that's where the portal is. It's right in the Al bed's backyard. Right. If I'm on the losing side of a war and I meet these visitors, I'm going to have a lot of vitriol and, and you know, okay, how, urine and vinegar about being on what, you know, what what was it that Mal from Firefly said? I may have been on the losing side, but I wasn't necessarily on the wrong side. Right. Yeah. Like they use tech for a reason. That's why there's still outcasts like that in what is basically modern day Spira in this case. Yeah. Um, because they may have lost overall, but they they still think they're right. That there is well, yeah. there is nothing wrong with machina in general, only in how they're used. Right. Well that their whole the machines either good or evil. Yeah. Right. That that's what they that's their philosophy about it. And I'm looking at actually, I, I was looking at Yevon's script would be unreadable, but Sparin's script and Al Bed's scripts are very similar to each other from the looks of it. Um, basically, they're English from the looks of it. <laughs> basically, it's that it's an equivalent. Yeah, and yeah, let me look up languages here real quick. Yeah, and they would be, I would say. Close enough that you would be able should be able to read any signs and spirit script, but anything in Devon in Yevon, forget it. You're not gonna read Yevon script. You're not gonna read Yevon unless you're specifically trained as a priest or summoner. Yeah, so everything so it looks like Spirin and Albet are basically they use they basically sort of like Roman uh, Latin script versus Latin script versus no uh, Greek script versus uh, Latin script. They're related to each other, but there's enough differences. You, you're going to have to squint. You can kind of distinguish, but it would take a few linguistic trolls to figure it out. 
This is where having the translator bracelets and the translator beads, which are available, would come in handy. John, spoken in spoken only. You the, the, that those translator devices only do speech. Yes, that's they don't right. do written. It wouldn't help with reading, but it would help with communication. Yeah, talking to people. Yeah. Yeah. Easing their suspicions of you being yeah. So having, you know, and of course, again, it's, uh, I would say the beads are less obtrusive because they're inside your head. And, uh, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. But the best way to describe beads, they're, they're, um, babble fish. And they serve go, and they still go in, they still go in the same way. Well, see, babble fish, you can get them out. The beads, you can only get them out. It's when you die. <laughs> In fact, that's when you. Yeah, in fact, that's how you find them. You find old Tremelon skulls, crack them open. Hey, there's a bead. Because <laughs> 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 the Tremelon couldn't be couldn't be couldn't be bothered to learn a language. Well, I just wanted to look at the languages because. If you're reading Albed, yeah, Albed is definitely an offshoot language. Working like a substitute cipher, it shares the same syntax and grammar uh-huh. of English and the English version the Japanese. It follows much the same pattern, except in using the Japanese Wamashi alphabet instead to speak and translate the language as it uses its own alphabet. So, yeah, definitely when you get into the big cities, you're going to be the spear and language. And, yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's very similar to. English. Yeah, you're right, Josie. A simple linguistics role, you would look and decipher script. Yeah. A, B, yeah. C, D, E. Yeah. Distinguish what it says. It, you know, it says uh, Albed shares the same syntax and grammar of English in the English version. Uh, versions relates to the game. Japanese would be different. It depends on English or Japanese, John. Yes, it depends on the English or Japanese versions of the game itself. Um, sorry. sorry. But, but, but definitely, John, Albed is a different language than Spirin. It's just once they get, once the IDET gets to Spira, they look and go, this is English. Those are English letters. Look, there's an A, there's a B, there's a C. Yeah. And they'd at least be able to read the signs, if not, and and you, you can just assume Spirin is English, so any English speakers on, on an IDA team, they would recognize it other than a loan word or the corruption of the language. Okay, you might have to make linguistics roles to get the general gist of Spirin. But you can communicate. What? Uh, context of the language and stuff yeah well you also have to you also have to understand that while the language may be spoken in english yeah but the the writing is all in japanese it's all it's all angus you know basically it's it's in roman romanized japanese let me ask this josie what would be a good time to introduce the fringe worthy into the timeline of final fantasy 10 because we had mentioned earlier if we do it when Titus is meeting with the Albed, boom, um, you're in a story verse. Um, well, I would say that, see, I hadn't looked through the wikia, so I didn't know about the other um, the other city or, you know, 
that it could be near there, and <coughs> you could basically be meeting an outbed salvage operation, in which case it could be functionally anywhere during the timeline. But as you said, okay. you kind of got, got mixed up here because there's there's a couple points where Titus runs into the outbed. There's the one near Pesh Temple, but there's the there's the one that would be the storyverse focus of that they him and the current party, basically everybody except Yuna, end up dropped on the on several locations. Now Yuna was also there in another in another point, but the six of them she is somewhere else by the time they all get back together. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually sort of thinking because you said because you said that uh, part of the story is sin destroying home. Am I correct? Or is home destroyed in a different? No, home is destroyed in a different manner. Um, uh, you know what? If you haven't played it by now, I'm sorry. <laughs> Here we go. All right. The, the invasion of home that the, if we were to introduce it in the middle of this, like the warp is near there instead of these other city ruins. Um, the invasion of home is initiated by the Guado under orders of Seymour Guado because they are after Summer Yuna. Uh, Seymour's trying to put some plot found out the whole truth of everything, why Sin keeps coming back. And he's basically out to save the world by ending. Curing the disease by killing the killing patient. The patient. Lovely. Yes. Cure the disease by killing the patient. So the Guado are invading home and basically they command beans probably because of their extensive connection to the far plane. And they attack the Albet. Uh, the party has to go through basically burning, collapsing building, a burning, collapsing city thing. And when they get on the Fahrenheit and it's fly and they're flying away, Sid actually orders the weapons fire. There's no one left alive in the in the city anymore. Okay, so basically we're so there's there's three t points in time. Then there's when home's still intact, and it's you know it's before uh, Titus shows up. There's during the all this mess happening, and there's post destruction of home. So, and post destruction, you you have all these Albed refugees. You know, the refugees and, and people picking up pieces, basically. And I guess there's other cities in, in on, on the island that they can go to. There are ruins. All. So there's no no villages? No, I mean, basically, home is it? There's nothing else? From what I gathered, yeah. Alright, so, yeah. It's, oh, no. So I'm seeing if, if you get into the post-destruction of home and there's nothing but re refugees, any United team would say, oh, this is like a um, 
a recovery mission. We're basically helping these people rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Where there you would gain massive allies because, yeah, we all use tech. We all, yeah. They would right. be gaining massive new. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, right. they'd be massively funding these yeah. people. Yeah. And I, also, you probably would have the team leader pulling out his crystal going, you know, French worthy, French worthy, French worthy. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know, uh, trying to find as many because that way, you know, having having uh, having fringeworthy can help because you can then take them through and get and get and get and let, you know let them know that there's places they can go to get more get supplies and bring stuff back. Yeah, after the destruction of home, there's not much left there. What can you know? So besides a a, a rescue mission, what 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 can the uh, the universe here give us? I mean, what 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 does the Final Fantasy universe, especially Final Fantasy X, what would you know? We're talking Commonwealth era, you know, or at least pre-Commonwealth era, uh, fringeworthy at this point. What can you know? What can uh, this place get? You know, how would I benefit from visiting the Final Fantasy X world? Um, didn't they have um? a bunch of crystals representing elements that could be used for a lot of power? Ah, uh, the, um, the, uh, items. Yeah, the, the, the items that you pick up, like the, you're talking about, like, the elemental gems? Probably. Uh, yeah, the fire, water, ice, and lightning gems. Right. They, they were referred to as crystals in the wiki. Um, probably by a different game then, because that is, I'm still, I am purely in, I'm in spirit at this point. Okay. But look, look at the gems. I mean, I are, are these things that could be used outside of their world? If I had Well, look, let me ask, let me ask Pixie and Red, these elemental gems, are they pretty much just magic items? Yeah. Or are they technology? They they appear to be magic items. Okay, so they have the and 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 we're going to use a phrase here, uh, Red. Sorry, but they they'll be affected by the playtex effect. That is, they they're only good for eighteen hours. Well, they're only good oh. if you take them to places where magic is supported. And there's quite a few places. We've been uncovering quite a few of them as we've been doing these later uh, podcasts. Yeah, let me let me explain it to Red again. Okay, the prime alt system, that's a node. Now, if magic works on that node, if you take it off that node and go on those side fringe paths to other alt platforms, you have 18 hours because there's like a sort of a reality bubble around that being or that object it sort of gives like a fraction of your universe to where certain things are enacted and you have 18 hours to either get back to your node or get to another magic friendly node. Since it lasts 18 hours, a couple of years ago, I came up with the term playtex effect and it, it stuck. So. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now we also, there's other effects for the fringe platform. We pretty much have decided that the, uh, this is another way of the pathways nerfing things. Normally, whenever when, when everything was hunky dory and anyone can go any place they wanted to, magic worked everywhere. 
but now things have been well de-escalated because of the great you know Miller War. So things like you know electronics do not work on the path on the pathways. N- nuclear material turns into its uh, high, highest level nearest nearest non radioactive isotope, and magnetics are suppressed for ten minutes. Okay. Yeah, batteries are drained. You know things like that. Superconducting magnets are drained. All that stuff. All that good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Let, let me let me let me get it for. Okay, Red. You, you remember when Harry Harry Michael's rifle the battery drained? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a reaction to what they did that with the Mellor War to try to curb, and they also kicked in the fringe where they filter. That's the way. Then you're not marching whole armies across the fringe paths. Yeah, right. You're relegating them to a certain level of technology. Right. We discussed that. Okay. All right. Yeah, and so that therefore the this is the magic is a little harder to do because it's a it's a reality altering uh, object. So it takes eighteen hours for it to wear off. So, but but you know, if everything was if 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 if, if it was turned off, you know, you'd be able to use magic wherever you want to. It's okay, Josie. Let me, let me ask this real quick, Josie, and maybe Red can answer too. Okay, the Machina War. Yeah, it was magic versus technology, and magic won. Technology was relegated to a second second level citizen status. What level of technology did they have? Because they have airships, which airship is a PL four, you know, the, the steam age. Um, are are we expecting to possibly unearth like fusion tech or anti grav tech on you, this world? You could, um, given what you given what you and I looked at based on. The Blitzball Stadium. I showed you a bit of that. Yeah, but you said that that was techno magic. Well, uh, well, you were the one that's saying it could be straight up hard tech as well. It so we never made a we never made a solid decision on that. We never made a solid decision on that, but you did use that as a distinguishing point of this world having been at least PL seven. Okay, so there is a possibly PL7 tech on Spira that could be unearthed. Yes. Ooh. Maybe, and given the sheer number of ruins that you see going through Beaconel, there could be a lot under there. Yeah. Let me look up something here for the Machina War. Let me for the yeah Machina War. It's actually listed as one of the few examples of non-forbidden Machina. The Blitzball Stadium. Yeah, Pebble Belt machine Machina so powerful the civilians were worried they would destroy. The most powerful Machina was Begna gun. They could not be used to it. It's inability to tell friend from foe, and hence was stored away under Bell in secret. <laughs> I. Let me see what Vegna gun is. Well, we get, yeah, Vegna gun. Let's see what that. Holy! It's not like it's like a giant bug. Let's see a robot moving. It can sense the motion and thus know whether an approaching person means to do it harm. Okay, Vegna gun was run by a heuristic computer. Heuristic computers get their start in PL six, but when PL seven hits, yeah, that it's basically a a gigantic. Android flying insect with a bit, you know. It's it's a robot mecha. It's controlled by playing an organ-like instrument atop its head, each key emitting a colored glow when pressed. 
Its main weapon, a gargantuan cannon, fires concentrated energy to cause untold amounts of destruction. Yeah, this is pretty much PL7 at least. Yeah. So... So, Trav, the thing about airships, they they range from uh, airships to airships. As in mass schooners, wings, sails. Like airships you see. Oh, kind of like an aether ship. Gotcha. The airship you see in Final Fantasy X, the Fahrenheit. Yeah, I'm looking at right now. the It's the Fahrenheit and Celsius. Ooh, that's high tech. Yeah, the Fahrenheit is actually... It is actually rebuilt ancient tech. Yeah, and just from the looks of it and the way it's designed, it's minimum PL7. No, I mean, it has... I would imagine if it was built with everything in... But is it, is it tech or is it magic? No, Fahrenheit is entirely tech, so I'm it's seeing again... I'm seeing this is PL7. It's anti grab. Yeah. Yeah. And that, the Fahrenheit was buried for a thousand years. It ended up buried in rocks and where it was, sank underwater. Um, it says here the Fahrenheit, when a rescue Titus works with a group of Albed Savagers led by Brother Enrico, the Fahrenheit is recovered from the bottom of the ocean near Baj Temple. Yes. It is probably, yeah. And it is properly unveiled later when the Albet's home is under attack from the Guado. Yep. That is the invasion of home that I talked about earlier. Okay. Uh, during, the, during the assault on Sin, it's revealed the Fahrenheit is equipped with powerful laser cannons on either side strong enough to blast off Sin's fins, but they break before they can fire on Sin's head. Okay. It is old. It's thousand-year-old tactic. Well, yeah, with- <laughs> I, I I love I'm just reading that, that there's uh the text Wind Bless You is inscribed on the gold dial and and Albed script. The writing on the deck of the ship says Salvage Dream C I D. <laughs> yeah, this is on the description of the of the Fahrenheit. Okay, so that that is interesting. I never actually tried looking at that before. Yeah. So wondering, you know, Sid's looking for his old his old vehicle. Well, okay, the Machina War. The effects of the war are still visible on minor inspired from the Machina ruins on Besaid, the Mahian High Road, Bicanel Island, and the Calm Lands. Oh no, there's plenty of high tech graveyards all over here that yep. I bet people could be picking up and re rebuilding um, PL seven after. After X and things progress into X2, there's actually ruins found on Gagazet. Yeah, and there's also the Celsius, which is the other airship. That looks even cooler. Looks cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a warship. Oh, whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so. Well, okay, so we have. You have the prospect of finding advanced tech, the prospect of magical artifacts of a techno-magical origin, um, obviously new biology, new both flora and fauna, as in the case of the cactuar. Let's see, what else would a Unida team 
how would else would they benefit from? Got any rations? Got any medicines that would be on IDEP that could be really useful? Oh yeah, there should be there should that yeah you know, I would say yes. There should be various. Uh, just the I would imagine just the whole herbology would be something you would look into. I mean, you can all at very least they got herbs we ain't got here. And some of them may have medicinal properties. Well, that's a lot of what if, John. I was kind of hoping that they might actually have something in the game. This, you know, I mean, like if you're playing, um, oh shoot, um, Resident Evil. You know, we all know that green herb really is is like basically regeneration. Okay, so yeah, the the you're talking the potions and other healing items. Yeah, yeah. it it really depends on what goes into that, but I would say. About herbs and, and various herbal remedies and whatnot, that it might be different. Yeah, there's uh, oh, we got here moss fungus. What does moss fungus do? That probably that sounds like a fiend. Uh, no, no, it's a poison, it's a poisonous mushroom. Never mind, but then again, poison. No, no, actually, no, coar, I can't pronounce it now. Cu- no, 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 I'm talking about a real, a real world poison, curare. 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 Botulism. We use those for medicinal uses. So, what does moss fungus do to you? Eh, best I can tell, it's basically just a uh, good old fashioned neuro, neurotoxin. Hey, neurotoxins are always useful. Neurotoxins are useful. Yeah. There's whisper weed. Oh, no. No. All right. It has a property of transmitting sounds to an equal to an to, to an equal over large uh, to an equal over large distance. Oh, it's basically a communication system. What is that? And where is that? Oh, uh, it shows up in in four, five, uh, and and tactics. Yeah. Okay. All so right. okay, like I said, mechanics can be applied across them. So, yeah, in this case, those do make sense. If you want to use that, that's a possible reason. Yeah, it's a communication system. Yeah. And then there's greens, but use those to grow chocobo. So, yeah. But, yeah, I see what what Bruce is saying. Is there things we can find here that, you know, would, yeah. What do they have to trade? It's the best way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, IDED exists to bring good things back to Earth. Hmm. So we should always be looking for things like that. And since they're not a anywhere close analog of earth, you know, culturally we wouldn't expect anything like, you know, you know, uh, lost pieces of art or anything like that. So, and their technology seems to be reduced because of the presence of magic. And since magic doesn't work on earth prime um, outside of like, you know, I mean, maybe you could, what I imagine is that you got these people, basically mules, and they're they're taking a whole bunch of like potions, and they and they they run over to Earth, back to Earth Prime, and because of the playtex effect, it lasts long enough for them to show up someplace, some medical center. They line people up, they hand them these potions, they people drink, they get better, and because the things take effect immediately, and then they're good, you know, but. And then the anything that they don't give out within the eighteen hours becomes useless after that. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. I actually found one. It's from uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. It's called Musk Malloy. It's a it's a it's a fever reducing herb um, that basically allow, basically reduces fevers, and it's related to the the musk mallow plant of Earth. So actually, it sounds like it's a it basically is a it's a medicinal version of that family. So it should just grow just fine on Earth. And we can always use more um, fever, you know, uh, anti-inflammatories. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. Good pharmaceutical. Yay. Yeah, and then there's dragon grass. What is dragon grass? Uh, oh, it's for it's it's a it's a deadly poison to humans, but it's great for uh, you know it says it's it's a, it's a panacea for wind drakes. It's dragon nip. Dragon nip. So how would a tazeel react to it? How would a keygak react to it? Who oh, knows? there. I don't know what, how avians react to most things. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's just basically, yeah. But uh, but then again, Tazeel are not avians. Tazeel are lizards. And, so are Keegak. Well, no, Keegak are dinosaurs. And, you know, they're more bird-like than, than uh, other things I are. I confuse that with something. I play so many things against Jumbled in my brain. Yeah, I mean, I, I do realize that there's a lot of difference. I mean, a dinosaur is not the same thing as a bird. But for the purposes of the game, I think that, you know, when we're talking about things like that, we can go and, and say, well, they're similar enough that these things should work for them or these things shouldn't work for them. They should be immune to these kinds of diseases and, and yeah. right. they might be susceptible to these kinds of diseases. Yeah, so I would I would probably say... It might work for Tazeel. So, yeah, we get something from another race. So it may be something useful for them. Uh, buzz, a buzz Tazeel. That would be, oh, gosh. No, it's a panacea. Basically, it's a cure-all. Oh, okay. Hey, I did mix it up with something. Yeah. It, it basically, it's a, oh, here's something. A mistake. Uh, the Giant Tree. It's from Final Fantasy Uno. <laughs> Please tell. Um, I I I know you're trying to be funny. I'm uh, again. So many things just jumbled in my brain. Yeah, let let let's stick to the stuff in ten for. Yeah. And other than other than just food stuff, I mean, you know, ooh, try our try our uh, our banora white, you know, and, and things like that. Oh my god. Okay. That is a very, very interesting tree. The Pandora white trees. Those are very interesting considering... All right. Uh, I know I'm bouncing away from Ted here, but... Okay. And, and I know you're laughing. I can see your, uh, your thing blinking. Wow. Um, the Pandora white trees. They, the, the colo- Sorry about this, but the colloquial name for them is Dalmau. Uh, is that because the effect it has on you? <laughs> no, it is because they they produce fruit at random times during the year. There is one specific time that these apples are ripe. Yeah, because I'm looking at a, a can of a uh, picture of a can of Benor white juice. It is. 
a very different apple. It's found only in the village of Benora. Which, yes, that village was destroyed, but we all know how seeds are. Could be seeds just waiting to sprout. Okay, so basically for the purposes of, okay, what can IDET get? They might get rare plants. They might get something magical that they can take back. If anything, take back to Bureau 13 and have them check it out. Other than that, I'm seeing cultural exchange and the possibility of high-tech artifacts. Oh, here's something. Here's something that is in tech. Um, from the Macalania Woods, uh, uh, you get you find this thing called the Sphere of War, but that's not important. What is important is that the particular pool of butter? Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> okay. That tells you, that tells you what I, how, I'm, how confused I am. Um, it it appears to be, from Oren's explanation, it appears that this is used in making spheres that are basically recording devices. Okay. And that could be something that they at least could take back to Zero Thirteeners and examine and figure out what it is, how it does that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, because Bureau 13, everything works. You know, all stories are true. So, yeah. And I hate myself for thinking this one, but, of course, there are people who will ask the one question, what do it taste like? And look at the chocobos. I think we all know that. I've seen them as giant mutant ostrich, like Bruce said earlier. So it probably would be like eating an ostrich leg, which if you go to certain stores, you can get an ostrich drumstick. So ostrich, emu, emu, basically. Yeah, basically, that's what I would get. Yeah, but they're also, well, how can I put this? They're horses. Why? Because people ride. Just because you you can ride ostriches, John. <sighs> uh, yeah, they're not, they're, they're not, John, they're not equine in any way. They are definitely avian. For some reason, I never made the ostrich connection. I always thought them as giant, rideable yellow chickens. No, I'm, I definitely get it. When I saw them, I definitely got the ostrich emu vibe, yeah. I, I see it now, but I'm telling you, that's what I thought of them as giant, rideable yellow chickens. Oh, well, that's yeah. why it's good to have these kinds of podcasts, because you, you your eyes get uh, get get opened to these things. Well, I'm on the Chocobo page, and there's actually a, uh, from, from... Oh, please don't tell me. 14, 14, they actually have a totally different version of the Chocobo who looks more like an auk. Uh, with the, uh, basically, actually, no, he looks like, he looks like, a, he looks like, he looks like the, uh, the, um, was it not the Doom Bird, but the, uh, the Killer Bird, that prehistoric, uh, uh, cre uh creature. Oh, or, and we all know what that is, so yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Chad, can you back me up on this one? We're going to ignore 14. Yeah, okay. It's just, yeah. Yeah. They, they, Red and Pixie discussed earlier just certain Final Fantasy games. No, la, 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 fingers in the ears, they don't exist. Yeah. 
it's mostly due to the fact that um, I, I had the I've had this problem for years. If it required an online connection, there was a ninety-nine percent chance it would be a flat no. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was consistent with Final Fantasy eleven and fourteen, given they fall into the specification. Eleven, I'm willing to actually look into. That's because when I played that one, fourteen, I'm like, no, these are too complicated. Please get away. Actually, I'm looking at a picture of the X2 Chocobo, and that I get the chicken vibe from that one. <laughs> and a bit of a parrot vibe from his beak. Well, that beak is pretty dangerous. And so are the ones. Oh, yeah. And the, the Chocobo from, uh, what's that? That's 12 looks more like the uh, terror, terror Bird. That's the name of it. The Terror that's the one, the terror bird. It looks like domesticated terror birds. Okay, so, yeah, you will get someone that asks that question. What does that taste like? Want to try and find out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it probably tastes a cross between like a uh, emu or uh, what's that one? Um, cassowary. Cassowary. You know, the one will, the one that will mess you up if you get, if you get on his bad side. Um, Oh, yes. I'm looking at the ones from yes. 10 here. They look like they can mess you up. Um, yeah. Yeah. That beak alone. The oh, beak, yeah. The talons and... Ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God forbid you piss off the wrong one. Yeah. Um, there are... Yeah, it ranges from... Yeah, Chocobo's temperament ranges from get me out of here to I will... And you. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, of course, you have the different breeds. I mean, heaven help you. you know, was it, I think, the gold chocobo can fly? Um, I don't know about the gold one, but in one game, there was a black chocobo that could fly. Ah. Yeah. And I, and, oh, there's one. Okay. I would call this guy a, I'm just looking at some of the pictures. This guy I would call is a battle chocobo. <laughs> to seeing what he's doing to a person right now. And they're, and de- depending on, and I hate to say it, depending on when they're being rendered, they're either bigger than a human or they're about as big as a human. I, I usually, I usually saw the ones that they're um, kind of bigger. Yeah, because there's one from uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Uh, definitely, okay. definitely bigger than a human. Yeah, definitely bigger. But then you see another one, and I'm looking at, uh, where is it? Some of the early ones, the Chocobos are more, uh, here we go, like from seven, no, eight. Definitely about human size. Compared to the you know, looking at the person riding it on his back, he's human size, so it really varies. From the looks of it, oh, it was it was, not, it was uh, eleven that brought in all the different colors too. Looks like no, no, ten ten did. Um, uh, well, eleven might have, but I know the gold chocobo actually first featured in seven because that was the chocobo breeding. You wanted to breed the. Breed of fast, uh, the the fastest racer, and the gold one is what people were mostly after. 
Oh, and of course, baby chocobos are so cute! They're the size of a small dog. (laughs) And they'll sit on top of your head. And then you have to take a shower afterwards. But, you know. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, but yeah, I, but yeah, looking at some of the, cho- yeah, but so, cho- but yeah, <laughs> chocobo, for, you know, chocobos would be, you know, either as a food source or as, you know, a beast of burden. I mean, I can see people definitely going, especially because, remember, this is a world that is a video game on Earth. For all we know, by this time, 20 years in the future, there'll be, there'll be Final Fantasy 30. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and they'll see chocobos. And they go, here's my money. No, no, oh. we have to say it right like the meme. Shut up and take Shut my money. My <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that, that is me. I come face to face with something that lets me get a chocobo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and they'll do it right, too. You get, you get the egg. And you got to raise your chocobo because they will be bonded to you. Yeah. Uh, animal companion type thing. Yeah. Unless you, uh, unless you, yeah, you could either get a fully trained chocobo or one that you will raise yourself. And do it right. And yes, there will be the equivalent of what was that one football player's name again? Uh, the one who we will not, who will not mention, who um, would probably treat chocobos the same way he treated his dogs. Oh, him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, we're talking Earth Prime. They will, they will be chokeable fight rings. Yeah, because they got those god awful claws, and they want to see them used. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and the beaks. Yeah. Oh no, I saw the stats. Both the claws and the beaks got decent stats on them. Mm-hmm. Either either version, the uh, the. Uh, the the Pathfinder version or the or the, or the D twenty or, or the three point three point five. John, we can use you can use either one because remember D twenty OGL Pathfinder is backwards compatible with three point and three point five. You can use either one; it's all good in the hood. So they got they have all the different colors too. So they just have generic chocobo, and then they have yellow, green, blue, black, white. What does white do for you? Uh, they have dark vision. Oh, they can climb. Hmm. Acrobats. Climb. They they have the skill climb plus twenty two. Wow. Choco cure. Uh, white chocobo can bestow healing on, on itself or an ally within thirty feet. Nice. So basically, depending on the chocobo's coloration, they also can walk on water. All right, so I, I think we've I think we've figured out that between high tech artifacts, exporting Chocobo back to Earth Prime, and maybe a magic thing or two to worlds that supply it, the fi- the world of Spira would give an IDET team plenty of opportunity for trade. Can we agree on that? Oh yeah, yeah. Scab- Scavenge tech, even if it's broken, scavenge tech can still be taken apart. You can still reverse engineer it. Yeah, that's not a problem. Yeah, I would see that. 
and now the big question, as we said, also when did the when did, when does when is contact? If it's pre-destruction of home, then I can see a trade trade setting set up with with the with the L bed, providing them with. Oh, definitely. Well, even John, even if it's post-destruction, yeah, you still you know, have- the L will be glad to have allies. People who are helping, willing to help them rebuild. Oh yeah, I can actually, I can actually see the, I can see them go, sending back, or at least to the nearest world, uh, nearest major outpost. Yeah, we need a bunch of uh, FEMA trailers, <laughs> the solar power ones that fold out into, you know, the, the size of a regular trailer. They fold out to the size of a small house. This is the yeah. And water extraction devices, so we can extract water from the air and things like that, and. Or desalinization to extract it from the ocean, because remember, they're on an island. Either pre or post destruction of home is good because you'll you'll be interacting with the Albed more. The most problematic one that will basically draw you into what's going on and turn this into a story verse is the one if you place it during the destruction of home because You'll be able to see that. You'll be able to see the the smoke and everything rising. Well, definitely. So what we're saying is, you know, it'll be it could either be a pre-home, but we're talking like, oh, Titus is coming. (laughs) Basically, it could be. It could be either way. If it's pre, if it's pre-destruction. At some point, you might show up, or you could be you could, years before him. You could still be in the middle of Braska's cult. I actually would imagine that it, it, pre, pre pre destruction, you got uh, probably several decades to play with at that point. You know, from the sounds of it. Well, it it really depends on when it was established because of sick. Does it, do they actually say when when home was settled? Um, I didn't see that. No, it it doesn't. I would I would say you probably you've got a decent amount of you've got a decent time frame to play with, though. I mean, this literally you got a thousand years to play with. <laughs> now that's a little more complicated because home, as it is, was established by this sit. Yeah, there was a another one in the past, and that was also in Beaconel, but in a different location of Beaconel. So I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking at the history of the of the Albed. Yeah, a thousand years ago, Sin came and, and kicked butt, and they spread all over the place. Uh, ah, there's a link to home. Here we go. Home is is a, first off. Home is an underground fortress with some above ground sites. But from the looks of it, and looking at the pictures they have of it, it's been there for a while. It, it was there with Sid, the, the 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 first Sid, I guess. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it is just. Yeah, since it was, it was. It, if we say that this Sid is old, no, makes sense. Yeah, since it was built under Sid's direction, so he's the one that had it built. Adding Fringeworthy to the Final Fantasy universe, especially Final Fantasy X, provides a united team with a unique opportunity to see a world 
recovering from a massive war between magic and technology, both of which can benefit Earth Prime and its allies. A very rich history on this world and similarities due to Spiran language being very close to English. They can find allies in the Albed because of where we place the portal. So a united team would be able to have vast resources from this world be brought back to Earth Prime to help them. Uh, I do want to thank Dirty Red for joining us this evening for this one. She has been helpful, very much so, because of her extensive interaction with these various games. Red, thank you very much. No problem. I heard eating as well. It was not me. <laughs> oh. Uh, for if you have any questions on the podcast that we had this evening, please contact us on our Yahoo groups, the Google Plus groups, TritechGamers.com, fans of the TriTech Game podcast, fringeworthy RPG fans, uh, that and the previous one are on Facebook. And if you get this podcast via iTunes, leave a comment there. Um, any questions that you have? John tends to monitor the groups mostly. And if there's one that particularly that would, you know, that Pixie and I can field, heck, I do, you know, I interact with Dirty Red on my show every week. I can ask her and then I can transpose the answer back to you guys. So by all means, give us feedback. We always want feedback for these episodes because it helps us. We, we've done sequel episodes, actually. So as I said, contact us through those various aforementioned groups. And we will get information back to you as soon as possible. And, of course, we enjoy the feedback. We will have more for you next time. But until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, We'll be after your sorry butts, cause we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027.